yeah, I remember my mum got called into the hospital for um, just like a bit of stomach pain. My sister took her there and I just finished work and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go straight there. Um, so I got her some flowers and I got there and I walked into the hospital room and I was like, hi. Um, and then she just, just something wasn't right. Her whole demeanour was just not like my mum. Um, and then she just broke down. Um, and she just said I had... I've got pancreatic cancer um, and I just almost collapsed, like I just froze my whole body, just, um, yeah, just, just like just the whole world just stopped. What is up everyone, I am Lachlan Samuel and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show where real people open up and share real stories of struggle. Before we get stuck into today's episode with Jade Nish, I just want to let you guys know that her story is as real and raw as it gets. I just want to acknowledge her courage and I want you to acknowledge that courage as well when you're listening to this episode because this is something so near and dear to her heart. You know, the person that meant the most to her in the world, the person who she felt she connected with most on this planet. And she's, you know, taken that leap and has that faith and used that courage to actually be a guest on the Open Up podcast and to share that. You know, that's that takes a lot of vulnerability and acts of kindness and courage like this are only going to spur more people to open up and share what it is they've been through or what they're currently going through at the moment. So, yeah, like I said, acknowledge that. And um, before we actually get into the episode, I need to let you guys know something amazing happened. If you listen to the last episode, episode number 12 of Simon Shin, he talks about everything he's been through in life, but more, uh, but most importantly, what happened with his uncle from the ages of 7 to 10. His uncle actually sexually abused him and his parents, um, upon telling them about it, didn't believe him. So he's carried this throughout his whole life. And in that episode, if you've listened to it, he talks about, going through the process, well, currently going through the process of trying to contact his uncle. And, you know, I'm glad to say that Simon, being the, the man of his word, being someone who inspires to be a man of integrity, last Sunday, the 3rd of June 2018, he actually reached out to his uncle and forgave him. You know, I don't think he expected anything in return. He didn't expect weight to be lifted off his shoulders but he took that risk and that is a massive risk I can't even imagine how terrifying that would be so if you get a chance if you haven't listened to that already go back and listen to it and if you have listened to it then maybe reach out to Simon and tell him what you think about you know the action he took and how maybe that could impact you or someone you know you good to go? <laughs> <I think> so. <laughs> Thanks. What is up everyone, I am Lachlan Samuel and this is the Open Up Podcast, episode number 13 with Jade Nish, she's a filmmaker and the owner of Jade Nish Media, thanks for being here Jade. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, it's been a while getting you to this point where we can actually 
speak about what you've been through. Obviously, you're somewhat of an influencer here in Perth in the bodybuilding fitness scene. So I've seen your story play out where you do go through that competing bodybuilding stage to where you are now having to, I guess, live through everything you've been through with your mum and I guess the story you'll share later. Um, it's been super inspiring and to see someone in your position opening up or being so open and vulnerable like you have with something as traumatic as that is um, it's just astounding and I can't believe that someone in your position is doing it. So I want to thank you for doing that in the first place. Um, and then I guess we'll jump straight into your childhood and I guess how you were raised and any people, influences or events that you feel shaped you growing up? Um, so my childhood I feel was predominantly centred around my mum um, being so I didn't have that many friends, I was pretty shy and introverted, I still am pretty introverted as a person um, so my mum was sort of like my only friend um, yeah I was bullied a lot for my, my weight and my appearance and I don't know all things that kids bully you for at school yeah. Um, yeah, so mum was sort of like my only friend, um, she was all I ever really knew, um, I was really attached to her, um, so I guess I sort of just panned out that way for the rest, like the, my whole life, like yeah. just always really attached to her and um, relied on her a lot for everything. Um, so was she the one you'd run to when you were being bullied or yeah, would yeah. you There's go to actually, her with those problems? and? Yeah, there's actually um, in, an incident in my school, my primary school. My mum used to work in the school canteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and there was actually a girl like out in the undercover recess area that was bullying me like at the time, and mum saw from the canteen and came out and like helped me and just stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so she was always there for me. Cool, so she was that. your sort of safety net mm -hmm. in a sense? Yeah. Okay, and going through school being teased about your weight or your appearance mm -hmm. I know from experience as well that that can leave a lasting impression and that's something you don't get over too quickly is that something that's still present in your life at the moment 100 percent, yeah yeah mm, I've had like a lot of um confidence and self-esteem issues because of that I feel like I'm always um still to this day 25 years old now um I still feel like I'm always needing to reassure myself that I'm good enough and yeah. I look okay and I'm, um, yeah. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which is odd for, I guess, people looking from the outside mm -hmm. in because you yes. are someone who, I guess, mm -hmm. girls and women, especially in Perth, would mm -hmm. look to for motivation yeah. in terms of weight and appearance. Yeah, people assume, I think, that I would have all this confidence and self-esteem um, self based off my Instagram and stuff like that, um, which I have built. A lot over the years yeah. um, but I still have my own like internal battles with myself about it okay. due to like years and years of bullying right up until like my early adulthood really really from, like a young age to now yeah okay. so and was any of that <laughs> bullying warranted at all were you overweight very um, overweight while you're no. I mean I have been like through bigger stages of my life in terms of my weight but as a kid like I was I wasn't like overweight or like I wouldn't say I was big or anything I think it was just an easy target okay. it was very quiet and just 
roll my heart on my sleeve as I still kind of do. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're still, like, obviously, I just met you now, but mm-hmm. obviously very quiet, um, yeah. soft-spoken. And were you like that through yeah. all of your yeah. childhood as mm-hmm. well? Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I was quite a shy child. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily shy now. I'm just very introverted. Like, I just keep to myself and a bit yeah. of an observer. Then, yeah. And do you feel like you're an observer until you get to know someone well enough to yeah. open yeah. up? Yeah, once I start like going, I'm, I'm going. Like, yeah, you just got to yeah. open me up, I guess. Yeah, mm. I guess that, do you feel that that comes down to trust, being bullied when you're little, not wanting to open yourself up to the right people, uh, to the wrong people? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I think it's like fear of judgment. I think, okay. I mean, again, I think a lot of people would have, have fear of like judgment and stuff but as I've gotten older I've just I don't really care what people think so whatever yeah <laughs> that's cool and that's something I've noticed recently with your yeah. posts on yes. yeah Facebook and Instagram mm. super yeah. scandalous yeah a bit risque yeah, <laughs> yeah a bit risque but <laughs> yeah no, it's nice to see especially knowing now that you have had these issues mm-hmm. being bullied for your appearance and your weight and still carrying them through to adulthood now you're 25 yeah it's nice to see you having that confidence to actually post stuff like that yeah yeah Mm. and do you feel like posting stuff like that is helping your confidence or breaking down some of those barriers at all Mm, yeah i mean like it's definitely giving me a bit of a confidence boost um but yeah i don't know i just sort of um yeah just did it just decided it was time to do what you wanted (laughs) to do yeah that's cool I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess moving on from the bullying you experienced in childhood, uh, when we spoke a little bit earlier, you said at about 14, your parents uh, then divorced. I think you're also saying that you're really attached to your mum. Mm-hmm. How did that divorce at such a young age affect you from you know, then moving forward? Um, I think I was greatly affected by it. Um, I did go into, um, like a deep depression, which I still like deal with today. Um, and yeah, at the time I was sort of left with my dad who, um, had a slight drinking problem and my mum left the home. Um, and my sister was living at her, uh, her boyfriend's house. Yeah. Um, so I've just felt really isolated and alone. Um, I did drink quite a bit as well. Um, and I think I was just at that age where it was like a bit rebellious and it was all about like drinking and house parties and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just remember being, just feeling really isolated and alone and just far away from my mum at that time because I didn't get to live with her. Okay, and was mm. there a choice? Mm, yes, and, yes and no like um, I did have the opportunity to go live with my mum but it just wasn't close to the school that I was going to it was just a bit of a mess around really so yeah okay. it was just um, I think I was just easily manipulated by um, my dad and stuff like that okay. being young and just confused yeah. so and yeah. when you say manipulated do you mean in terms of there was a lot more freedom in living with your dad or yeah okay. I think so yeah I just I can't really remember like fully to be honest like I feel like I've got memory blackouts from then that yeah. time of my life but yeah I just don't remember it being pleasant at all really okay. yeah um, I can imagine the thought of 
going to live with your mum would be one that you'd want to keep with you, one that you'd want to take a, a decision that you'd want to make and going to live with her instead of living with your your dad who you weren't as close with. Mm-hmm. But being someone, having gone through bullying, I can imagine the thought of leaving where you were to start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You'd yeah. have to try and make new friends and potentially face new bullies. Yeah. I can imagine that would have been hard for someone at 14 to actually make that decision. So what would you say was the definitive point of that conversation between yourself and your parents to say, hey, look, I'm going to, Dad, I'm going to live with you? Um, I honestly cannot remember too much about any of that. Like a... I think it was just more of a, yeah, I just didn't want to leave everything I'd ever known, if yeah. that made sense. Like I was just, I'm really one of those people that just gets attached to something and that's, that's my comfort and I just okay. didn't want to step outside of that, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's fair enough, especially yeah. at 14. And yeah, I don't, I don't really think I knew what I, what I wanted to do really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just stay where I felt okay. home. Yeah. And uh, you touched on the fact that you felt isolated and alone being away from your mum and that you went into um, depression would you yep. say mm-hmm. was can you explain a little bit about what you're going through internally mentally throughout that depression was it um, suicidal tendencies was it thoughts like that or um, yeah it was definitely um, it was definitely like suicidal thoughts um, and stuff like that. I did went, did a bit of counselling. Um, wow. Had a few bad experiences with counsellors and stuff like that, okay. um, which I never went back. This wasn't my thing. Um, I I think I turned more to like yeah, like drinking and stuff like that, just out with my friends and okay. things. That's a young age to start. Yeah, drinking, so especially to start drinking to actually mask whatever it is you're going through which is that isolation and feeling alone yeah okay. so and with the counseling if you had the suicidal thoughts was counseling something that you looked to take on yourself or were you pushed into seeing um, or getting professional help it was my mum's idea i think she just wanted to do anything and everything to help me so we did like um my usual childhood gp we went to her and um, spoke to her. She then gave us a referral to go like counselling and stuff. My mum would try and get me to help help me eat right, eat better, have fish oil, do all that kind of thing, um, exercise. Yeah. Um, so even though you weren't living with her, she was still your yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Just still there for you. It's mm. beautiful. Yeah. Cool. And you said you didn't have the best of experience with your counsellors. Can you walk us through what happened or what? what went wrong throughout those sessions? I can't remember much. I just remember this one one lady um, just was basically saying I was, I was selfish for feeling suicidal and stuff. And my mum was like, oh, okay, no way, we're not doing this anymore. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah, just making me feel as if I was a bad person for feeling the way I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think luckily mental health and professionals in that field have mm-hmm. come a long way. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine at that age that would have been... Yeah. You know, just added stress, yeah. unnecessary stress as well, especially mm. from someone who's seen as a professional that's supposed to help you. 
yeah. mentally and you're being told, ah, oh, shit, yeah. something wrong with you, change mm. it. Um, did that have any impact on you moving forward or did you sort of, with the help and guidance of your mum, just drop it, drop um, that thought after those sessions? I think I just dropped it. I think my mum's like support and guidance was powerful enough to just over, like just wave all that out. So, okay. yeah. And if if we are talking about that period throughout the divorce where you did live with your dad and went through depression, seen a counsellor, and ultimately ended up using alcohol to mask those feelings, how did you end up getting out of that low point in your life? Um, I think it hit. I desire is probably around 18. I think that's when I started getting into the whole fitness and gym and okay. supplements and getting into all that. That yeah. honestly helped me just like having some sort of outlet that yeah. was positive um, and obviously um, exercising and stuff like that helps with depression, etc. So yeah. Um, yeah, just getting into that and so on, just started going from there. Okay. Yeah. And when you first started, how do you remember how often you were working out and um, what the goals were at that early stage? I can't remember exactly, but I was very like gym obsessed. Like it was just, okay. yeah, gym, 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 yeah, food prepping. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like it wasn't like a chore. Like I just yeah. loved it. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. Especially for someone who's been through bullying because of your appearance, mm-hmm. you've now sort of flipped it and taken on not just the exercising, but the nutrition aspect yeah. mm-hmm. of bodybuilding um did that at that point had that sort of increased your confidence to a point where you're comfortable being yourself yeah I think um obviously I started to um like the way I looked a bit more and stuff like that obviously with um the physical changes and then just like mentally I just felt fresher and like more clear-headed and just better and happier that's cool Mm. um so for any anyone going through depression, um, anxiety, anything like that, any trauma at all, would you recommend them start exercising? Yeah, I definitely think um, exercise is an amazing way, like a great way to, and a cost-effective way to sort of um, get in a better headspace. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think the benefits surrounding exercise have been, um, oh, there's quite a few examples of studies that talk about the release of dopamine, mm-hmm. serotonin, obviously um, that outlet, like you said, if you are feeling angry or stressed, you have that outlet to actually exert yourself. Um, and then of course, if you are going down the nutrition aspect, then you have the foods that nourish the body and, and the brain as well. So for someone going through that something similar to what you've gone through. Is there any recommendation at all on the type of training or the frequency? Um, I'm just, whatever you can get in really. Like sometimes I'll just do a walk and walk in the morning, 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. And it's sort of just like a mini, like self meditation little, yeah. It's awesome. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, another good ex- aspect of exercise as well is that you're so present while you're exercising unless you're one of those people that's on their phone on Facebook 
mm-hmm. how you work out you're yeah. so present in the moment while you're exercising that it is a form of meditation like you mm-hmm. said and you do get to for that period that you are exercising take your mind off whatever stresses or baggage you have internally yeah okay so moving on from your childhood um, the bullying and the divorce we're gonna get to the story that you are here to share today um, which is what you've been through with your mum are you comfortable walking us through that story yeah um so where would you like me to start just um i guess start from where you found out yeah okay yeah um so it was um august of 2016 um my mum was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um so it came as like a huge shock to like myself and my sister and our whole family um my mum was just so incredibly like fit and like did everything by the health and fitness and life rule book like you know no drugs no drinking she ate healthy vitamins she rode from where we lived in like cannington area to netherlands every day like wow. she was just so active and like just looked amazing for her age um yeah and then i actually remember the day um that we found out was i was working at the supplement mart in coburn and I was actually prepping for my um, IFBB com- competition at that time. So my worst, my most, my biggest concern was how much body fat I had and if I had like, done enough cardio that day. Like I just wasn't even in yeah. that headspace that this would be happening. So um, yeah, I remember my mum got called into the hospital for um, just like a bit of stomach pain. My sister took her there and I just finished work and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go straight there. Um, so I got her some flowers and I got there and I walked into the hospital room and I was like, hi. Um, and then she just, just something wasn't right. Her whole demeanor was just not like my mum. Um, and then she just broke down. Um, and she just said I had, I've got pancreatic cancer. Um, and I just almost collapsed. Like I just froze my whole body just, um, yeah, just, just like just the whole world just stopped. Um, and I was just like, yeah, just completely taken back from it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. My um, my sister then found out and then my dad came. Um, and we're all just crying and um, as you would. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, we had high hopes though. Like we had, she had like a really good doctor, and apparently he was like one of the best. Um, you're really good at what he did. Um, she also was eligible for like a new drug trial that they oh, had. Wow. Um, but then in the end, because of X, Y, and Z, she didn't wasn't able to have it. And so um, when when you found out about the cancer, mm-hmm. obviously that would have been a massive shock. But what you said you had high hopes. Mm-hmm. Had the doctor given you or your mum hope of pulling through um, at that point? Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't a man of many words, he sort of didn't say too much but I just felt like, um, I guess, you know, you never think stuff like this is going to happen to you, you know yeah, what I mean? Like I course. just thought, oh, 
like no 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 at least it's probably just like a bit of a wake-up call like you know she'll she'll get through it it's probably just a I don't know I guess um I didn't want to believe that that was happening either yeah and I just thought she's so healthy and like be like how does this happen like it must just be you know it's an early stage we can get rid of it but um yeah it just I guess didn't turn out that way um <laughs> yeah so um, I think my mum's like positivity and just how she was as a person just made like just made everything feel like everything was going to be okay, you know. Okay. So that's, I can imagine that's a lot for your mum to take on, knowing that she has this pancreatic cancer, and then obviously if she would have got the news, and then you, your sister, and your father get the news as well and start crying, I can imagine that's a lot mm. for her to bear to have to take on. Mm. and then to be this beacon of light to be positive mm. not just for herself but for you yeah that's a lot and that's powerful mm. powerful and beautiful but i mean that's testament to your mum mm. and the nature that you talk about her being positive that yeah. she was able to do that not just for mm. herself but for you as well yeah mm. yeah she's really brave and i think a lot of throughout her whole journey a lot of her like bravery and positivity and her hiding probably how she really felt was just to make sure that you know we we were going to be okay and we could cope and stuff like that so okay yeah mm. uh, can you walk us through what happens from that point where you find out um so you wouldn't to be honest um she started obviously to lose her hair and stuff like that but if if it wasn't for her losing her hair, um, you wouldn't even know she was sick. She was going to work full time. She was still, wow. um, you know, doing swimming and forms of exercise. She was just glowing. Like she'd go out with her friends, and you just, you know, obviously I would take her to chemo and stuff like that yep. um, all the time. Um, but you just, you wouldn't even know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah, it was just I could, like it wasn't affecting our lives and stuff like that. Okay. Um, if that makes sense, sort yeah. of, yeah. Um, we're just sort of doing every day and it was just like a part of our life now, but it wasn't like, yeah, I didn't understand how it would, it would just felt sort of normal. I don't, I don't know, yeah, how to explain. I know you said that you didn't think that it was going to be something that would stick around, that your mum was mm. this um, picture of health yeah. and that you thought, okay, early stages, it's going to be something you can get rid of. Did she feel the same way or did she express that she felt the same way at all? I think she, she did, yeah. Um, I mean, every scan result was a bit of like a suspense moment, thinking, oh, has it grown, has it spread? We'd obviously find out stage like every few months or so. Um, and it would always come back fine, like it hadn't spread, it was contained, it was there, um, you know, it hadn't gone in, in anywhere else or anything like that. Um, and then, I can't remember exactly when, but we did hear at some point that she um, might highly likely be like a long-term cancer survivor okay. for that um, particular type of cancer um, but it, yeah um, that all I guess fell through it didn't really yeah mm. okay. and I guess moving moving on from this point where your mum's still going out she's still enjoying mm -hmm. her life still glowing like you mm -hmm. said and not really understanding now how it could feel so normal. Could you, if you're comfortable, 
mm-hmm. um, share with us what happens after that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just sort of got to a point where she just um, sort of started to slow down a bit. Um, things physically bec- or? Yes, physically. Things just became a bit more of an effort for her and um, food just tastes like cardboard and like just stuff like that. Just everything okay. just sort of became not pleasant. Um, and then it was the last scan results um, that we got back and I remember meeting her um, right. at the cafe in the hospital right before we had to go up to get the last scan results and something just didn't feel right like I just remember looking at her eyes and she had a bit of jaundice in her eyes and I remember I used to google all this stuff about cancer trying to figure out you know what to look for and what you know things would happen and I just remember noticing that and I just thought oh, you know, I just felt weird about it you know a bit um, uncomfortable anyway we went up to the doctor's like office and he just said that you know he got back the results and like it wasn't good um and he just said oh you know um the chemo is not working anymore there's nothing left um so it's probably about you know two about two weeks and then my mum said two weeks until what and then he just said oh well until you die whoa yeah and i just remember i just couldn't help it but break down and i just remember hugging her and just i just still felt like it wasn't real though like i still felt like no i can do something like this is not gonna happen like she's not gonna die yeah um and then she just wasn't the same after that when we got home um that day she just sort of just seemed really just depressed my mum wasn't like that like no matter what you know she was positive and she would get through it but I think just the thought of not being able to be there for me and my sister and see us grow up was just crushed her and she just thought well like this is it you know um so yeah I just went straight to my boss at the time Carly who's also a really good friend she's been really supportive um and she yeah gave me just obviously all the time off work I needed I then went and did um I was then the full-time care of my mum at home um she chose that she wanted to um pass away at home um instead of obviously at like a hospice or something like that um but we did have um people coming and going like to check on her and stuff like that um from Silver Chain Mm, so yeah and then um it was exactly two weeks. Wow. In that two weeks, I feel like a lot went on. Um, a lot that, like, I just, yeah, I can't, I still just can't get over. Um, I still have, like, flashbacks and stuff of it. Um, and I remember just feeling really alone at times and isolated, like I didn't have anyone. Is that why... While your mum was there, while you were looking yeah. after her? Like a lot of the time it was just me and her. And it was probably about a week um, into the two weeks that we had left-ish. Um, that mum, without no, any warning, it sort of just, just, I think it started to take over. Like, her body, like, it started to spread because she just, 
was like I didn't know who she was. She was just really um, incoherent and you know, her hands sort of stopped working. She couldn't hold things. She didn't really know who was who and what was going on. And it just broke my heart because it was just without warning. Like it just, she just wasn't in there. I was just like, I could just see her, but she just didn't really know what was going on. It was, you didn't get any warning to say goodbye with her so knowing you were saying like, something to her. So you feel like you lost her? Yeah, without knowing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but a lot of the stuff I've seen and had to deal with um, in that two weeks, like I just wouldn't wish upon anyone. It's so scary. But I felt like, you know, she just needed me. And it got to the point where, um, you know, she was like, um, I was caring for her as if like she would care for me like a mother to a child. Um, yeah, so it just got to the point where I just didn't feel like we were mother and daughter. I just looked at that person that was just my best friend and I just had to be there to um, look after her, you know. We just we were just equal then, you know. Um, yeah, and mm. in the moment or during those, throughout those two weeks while you're looking after her, did you, obviously you, you had to switch roles and you become mm -hmm. her safety net and look after her and be the, the hope and positivity that she needed mm -hmm. so she could live you know, her life to the best that she possibly could while she was still here. Yeah. Do you feel like you took on a certain amount of strength to be there for her yeah. that wasn't there before? A hundred percent, yeah. I feel like a lot of people say to me, even now, like, oh, I don't know how you do that. I couldn't do that. And I feel I couldn't, but I just had to. And I would have done anything for her. I would have, you know, if, yeah, I just would have done anything. Um, yeah, there's things I had to do for her and stuff. I would, used to scare me. I just didn't think I could do it. But when you love someone that much, you yeah. die for them and do anything for them, you know? Yeah, well, obviously she's been your your saviour throughout your whole life, yeah. saving you at the canteen yeah. at a time, um, being there for you throughout the depression and getting you to the council and then saying, no, we're not doing that, and her just being this role model, this positivity ambassador, beacon of light for you. Um, man, mm. yeah, I can imagine that would have been hard, but obviously nothing else would have mattered to you in those last couple of weeks with your mum because yeah, she is she was the most important part of your life mm -hmm. um, I can imagine that would have been hard especially all the stresses that you would have had to deal with were you going through obviously you had depression when you were younger did you have a sense of that depression creeping back in or anxiety during those final two weeks or were you just so present in the moment being there for your mum that you didn't um, have time for that? I feel like it was a bit of both. I think I was just so, I don't know what it was. I think I just felt just devastated that this was happening and I was losing her. Um, so I guess I was just down obviously about that. My anxiety was quite extreme just because when she started to lose her mind a little bit, she would hear things and think people were in the house and she'd see things. My anxiety would just, I couldn't sleep. I was just exhausted. And wow. it was just so, um, just hard. Like, I can't even explain. Like, just, 
um, yeah, like, I had her, like, collapse on me, and just trying to, just, yeah, just, I was always just anxious, like, I would just peep my head in her room to see if her chest was still moving, I was just so anxious, I'd wake up and she'd be dead, you know, like, I just didn't know, and all I, you know, if that was the case, I'd just have to ring, um, the silver chain people, you know, it was just all, I feel like it was just all on me. Yeah, and were you, was it just, primarily just you and your mum? We did, yeah, it was just us living there. My sister um, um, was there to help and stuff as well, um, but not full-time, just came and um, went and go, like, came and go, yeah. yeah. Um, and my dad was not, wasn't really too present. Um, and it was only in the last probably three days that my partner, Adam, came and stayed with me just because I was just scared and just needed help. Like, I couldn't lift her anymore myself. She was so yeah. heavy, obviously, like a human body, full weight, you know. Um, yeah, so. Okay. Um, but other than that, it was just us. Mm. And I guess you said you... You felt like you felt like you lost her earlier than you were supposed to before that two weeks was up because she wasn't coherent and she wasn't mm. it was like she wasn't in her body anymore yeah if if you don't mind if you're comfortable can you walk us through the moment you realized that she was gone um try to pinpoint the exact moment um it sort of just started with her just seeming a bit odd, like just see, sort of seeing um, this man in the house and there was a man banging on the door, but there was no one there. And then I was like, oh. But then she'd still come in and out of mum. Like okay. she'd say something to me like, oh, why haven't you eaten today? Or like, you know, just like she would say stuff to me that was mum. And then she'd do stuff like we'd sit on the bed and I'd have to watch her brush her teeth for like 30 minutes or she'd just get angry with me like she just didn't want me there like didn't know who I was oh. so I would just have to let her do it and then just stuff like really scary stuff like that's who is this person and then but then she'd come back into my mum okay. if that makes sense yeah. yeah um I can imagine that would have been not as hard to deal with but that that would have given you anxiety just the fact that you know she's She's seeing all the stuff, hearing all the stuff, but it gives you that sort of fear that maybe that stuff's there, that anxiety mm. that maybe someone's knocking at the door. Yeah, I used did, to get really, warp your. Mm, I used your to get a bit on edge. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if she was, you know, I didn't know if she was crossing over, seeing stuff from afterlife. Like she said, she'd hear people whispering, and I would just, I was on edge. I was constantly just on edge, and then it, yeah, it wasn't until. Um, yeah, my partner Adam sort of came and stayed. I felt safer and just, um, like I just had a back, a bit of a backup, someone to hold me up to deal with everything. And yeah. Throughout that two weeks, did you have an outlet at all? Obviously, exercising um, and food prepping, loving that that side of bodybuilding was your outlet. Obviously, what you're going through was super stressful did you have an outlet at all did you have someone to talk to um to be honest i completely stopped gymming and all that after that comp 
like when I initially slipped that just all went down the drain like I haven't I still to this day haven't touched gym and I've only just gone back to the gym now um so at that period um I I think I think Adam was my outlet like he was my support and my um, my comfort also my best friend Crystal um has been amazing like I don't think I would even be here today without her she wasn't there at the time she was away with a job opportunity in Adelaide um but we'd talk all the time and she came back from my mum's funeral um she's yeah like her um Crystal and Adam definitely um have been like my biggest support and like my outlet I guess and throughout that those two weeks were you able to talk to Crystal and Adam about what you were going through yeah. mentally? Mm. I mean, Adam was there hands-on. Like He was there when my mum took her last breath. He was there helping with everything. Like He knew he was in, the, in amongst it, so I think he could see like for himself yeah. um, and stuff. And then Crystal's just... Obviously, she wasn't there, but she's just like the female side, like my best friend. So she. She was your person to reach out yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you didn't feel like you had to take that burden all on by yourself, although you were looking after her mm. by yourself for the most part. You didn't have to take that burden on mentally by yourself. Mm. You could reach out and talk to those. Yeah. Those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, definitely. I think you said Adam was there for the last breath. Do you remember mm-hmm. that moment? And yeah, um, I'll probably start at the night before because I feel like it's quite relevant. Um, the night before my mum passed, it was me and Adam at the house and mum and was in her room. We were in my room at the time um, and I just felt something wasn't right. I, don't, I can't really explain it. I just felt physically, mentally, just something just wasn't right. I could not relax. I was on Google, Googling, oh, you know, final moments and all this. I don't know what I was doing. Um, I was like, I just have to go and just tell her everything that I want to tell her. I just felt like something wasn't right. I went into her room um, and she was awake. I'm pretty sure her eyes were sort of open-ish and she was breathing very, very slowly. But she was just like a vegetable. Like she was just... Yeah, incoherent. She couldn't move, speak, or anything at this wow. point. Like, it was just completely at the end. So I just kneeled down, and I don't even know to this day if she heard me or whatever, but I just held her hand, and for about 40 minutes, I just sat on the floor. I just told her everything I wanted to tell her. I just thanked her and just wanted her to know everything that I was grateful for, and etc. And then the next morning, that's when everything sort of just happened. Um, Debbie with a nurse from Silver Chain that was looking after my mum the most um, was already on her way because she apparently they just knew something with mum like they knew they had a meeting about her and they knew that this was it so I was on the phone to her anyway she came my sister came um, my sister's best friend Kelly came obviously Adam was there um, and we ha- they came with the electric bed and everything to transfer mum from her actual bed to the electric bed into the lounge room yeah um, and myself, Debbie and my sister actually had to lift mum from her bed into the lounge room, which was 
not um, the best experience. It was just, she was so heavy, and I just remember looking back at her face, and she was just she looked dead. If that makes sense. Yeah, she, it was just not nice. Um, carried her into the bed, and then Debbie was just saying like my mum was breathing very slowly, like she just didn't know if she was like what was happening. Um, so she put the stethoscope on her chest, and I was sitting on one side of the electric bed, my sister was on the other with the nurse and then Adam was at the foot with Kelly, the bed. And then Debbie was just sort of like checking mum's breathing, like pulse and stuff like that. Um, and then my mum, um, she was just saying my mum's name, like, oh, um, and then she wasn't responding or anything like that, just nothing. And then she checked her again and then she just said, oh girls, she's gone. Like, that was it. Mm. So, I remember we just, I just broke down. Yeah, I just thought, oh, like, even though I already felt like it was it, you know, weak yeah. prior, because it just was, she just wasn't there. But it's just someone just initially, I guess, announcing it, but she's dead. It's just, yeah. Mm. I can imagine that. So that was, yeah, that moment, I guess. Yeah. And then everyone else sort of started to come. Uh, my mum's best friend Jennifer came. Um, my dad and his new partner came all to just sort of say goodbye and stuff and then my mum um, was taken away yeah and were you did you feel comfortable in that space in that environment grieving and expressing yourself I don't know what I felt to be honest I just felt like I I, I look back and I feel like I'm more emotional now than I was at the time. I think I was just like, oh, I'm just, I was just so like, I'm dealing with this. Like it's just, it's just survival mode or something. Like I just. You hadn't sort of snapped out of that mode where you were the protector? Yeah, I feel like I was just still in like airplane mode, like just, or pilot mode, whatever it's called. It's just, I was just. Because you just had just two there, weeks just, of, I was just in the moment. Yeah. I just, yeah. Mm. But, yeah. can't even imagine how hard that would be mm. not only to learn that your mum had the cancer in the first place but to be told that it's two weeks and then to have to look after her predominantly by yourself mm. um, and being this positive light for her while you are feeling like she has been taken from you how did you cope with losing your mum from that point forward? Um, I think like right as it happened, right after was more just like I was, I was drinking a lot more and stuff like that um, and yeah just like quick fixes like drinking, a few like party drugs and stuff like that, um, which I'd never had before that moment. Um, and I don't really, I can't really remember, to be honest, yeah. everything. I just remember being really lost. I just felt like I'd lost everything. Never known, not my home, my mum, my best friend, my way of living. Um, I couldn't concentrate on anything. I just felt yeah, I don't know how I coped. I guess I had obviously the support of Adam and Crystal and whoever else. So yeah, it was, I think like the people around me. Yeah. 
telling me that I, I'm just normal to feel this way, like I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me, um, just keep going, etc. Yeah. That's, that's really important as well, mm-hmm. to have that validation or to have people let you know that it is okay to grieve, to feel yeah. sad and to let it out because if you don't let it out, you're going to harbour that and then you're going to end up using something else like the, the drugs or alcohol mm. to mask. Um, now you said you feel more emotional now than you did then. Mm. Well, looking back and that, that's how it feels but did you actually allow yourself to, to cry and grieve for your mother I think once you had s- snapped out of that survival mode that you said you were in I think I used to try and hide a lot of it because I didn't want to feel like a burden I just wanted to I feel like I was trying to speed up my grieving process okay. um, I, I don't really know I just I think I was just scared of losing other people by always being depressed and down and just mopey and like not the most pleasant person to be around. I just didn't want to lose anyone else, so. Which is a tough position to be in in itself. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of the times I had to pretend, yeah, like everything was okay or whatever. Um, But it's only like now I feel like, oh, too bad if I need to cry in the middle of the shopping centre because I've just seen something reminds me of her, I'll do it, you know, like I don't care, yeah. That's important. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you said you did use drugs and alcohol after it, mm-hmm. and that you didn't feel like you could, or you didn't want to be that mopey person who yeah. was a burden. Did you use alcohol and drugs while you're with those other people so you could mask what you're going through mentally, or was it largely? using it by yourself? Um, a bit of both. Um, I feel like alcohol would give, like it would just sort of relax me and then like give me obviously a bit more confidence and stuff. I just had, I just felt shit house. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just felt shit. Um, and at this point, just still weren't exercising or no, eating well at all? No, I am. Um, yeah, I feel like I lost quite a lot of weight from stress and just not eating. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just didn't have, I was not into the gym or anything. I, I think um, my partner, Adam, would say, oh, you know, let's go to the gym or you should go to, like, obviously to try and, just trying to motivate me, get me on the right track. Um, obviously, like I said before, exercises are, helps with, like, yeah. depression and stuff. But I just had no interest. I was just, like, not, not feeling it. Like, I just... I have to do it on my own um, terms, does that make sense? Yeah, my own timing, yeah. This, um, I know you said you've been on a hiatus from the gym since you found out about your mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, your only worries at that point were your body fat percentage mm-hmm. and finding out about your mum, something so important that the love of your life, your safety net, your saviour was going to have to go through something like that and that you could possibly lose her. Finding that out at a point in time where Jim was everything to you, apart mm-hmm. from aside from your mum, mm-hmm. do you think that your hiatus from the gym has been tied to that at all? 
correlating those two at that point in time? Yeah, I mean, I think I just realised that there's a whole other world out there. I think I don't blame myself for being so gym obsessed. That was my escape from, obviously, that was my outlet from other things. And then um, obviously finding that out about my mum and going through that, I just realised that there's so much more out there um, and so much more to life and things to worry about and, you know what I mean, things that are more, I guess, important to me now. Um, Like I have, I don't know, I'm just a completely different person to who I was a year ago. Like I In what way? Um, I'm just a lot stronger, more mature, I just have different interests, I'm just not, just don't give a shit as much um, about the wrong things, things I shouldn't... About what people think of you? Yeah, or, you know, um, thing, I don't know, like, just things I used to really worry about seem irrelevant now, you know what I mean? Like, or how, um, oh, my arm looks fat in that photo, or, like, something like that, that would really just rattle me in the past, whereas now I'm just like, oh, tough shit, you know? Yeah. Cool that yeah. something, a struggle like this, some trauma like this can mm. break down the barriers that you've taken from childhood bullying. Yeah, it's mm. pretty powerful. It's given you a, a sense of perspective that yes, these these little things that we hold on to are so minuscule, and that we give them power by, you know, giving them attention. Mm. And you having been through something like you have, which honestly it's probably one of the hardest things you can go through in life mm-hmm. to see one of your parents pass away not just see it but to experience it mm-hmm. you know fully for two weeks yeah it's good to know that out of that you've been able to break down those barriers so yeah it's yeah, amazing and congratulations thank you yeah. um if we are going to move on from your story to what you've used to recover um obviously well i think before we started talking you spoke about only just stopping drinking heavily a month or two months ago mm-hmm. throughout that period from your mum passing to the point where you stopped drinking heavily was there anything you were using whether it be meditation or exercise creativity anything like that that you feel was keeping you centered or keeping you from spiraling back into that depression that you had um i do meditate i do meditation like crystal meditation grids and stuff like that oh, wow. i feel that's helped quite a lot i've always yeah. been really spiritual so um that and obviously my job making videos and doing all that yeah, yeah. um that's my not my that's just my my thing obviously it's my job and obviously my hobby as well so um that's definitely kept me afloat mm. okay and so that was i know you probably don't want to say it was your escape but this work obviously what you do making videos takes a lot of time it takes a lot of presence mm. to be there to cut cut all the frames to cut the video to match the music etc Mm-hmm. to most people that would be another form of meditation another form of escape do you feel like you dove into work to escape at all mm, yes and no I mean I obviously need to make a living as well so I was like I need to do this but 
it's my happy place, I guess. I just okay. love that. I love um, creating all the productions and stuff like that. So I guess in a way it's sort of like an escape. Um, but it's not a, a unhealthy healthy, escape. Yeah, it's like yeah. a healthy escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, which I guess the gym would have been if you were still loving the gym. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still, I've still recently gone back to the gym um, and I'm enjoying it. Yep. Um, but I'm not going back and, you know, smashing all my sessions and like I'm not I'm not I'm not um it's not my focus you know it's yeah. just way of life like yeah. way of living well I, yeah. yeah it's probably because your perspective's changed now you're not worried yeah. about the, the um looking fat on Instagram yeah, yeah. You know, it's just purely going back for mm. that improvement in your life mm. yeah it's cool um I guess what I forgot to ask was how long was the period between you initially finding out about your mum's pancreatic cancer to the point where she passed? Um, 18 months was her battle. That oh. was um, how long it was. Yeah, so um, it was all sort of fine-ish um, up until probably like a month until she passed at the end. That was okay. like probably the most hardest and like gruesome I guess and like the things that you could just really confronting and like what yeah. you would I guess expect it to be like the is, whole time. Is that because of the change you saw in her physically? Yeah um, and just even like mentally like she was just always so positive but like you just wouldn't know you know um, she just acted like it was just that's it like just get on with it like it was just just seeing my mum like like be quite depressed or like down or just crying and not motivated it was just wasn't her and I just yep. felt yeah I just yeah it's just hard mm. yeah I can imagine that's 18 months is a long time that's mm. obviously like you said you didn't feel like it was real that you felt like you could get through it because your mum was being mm. so positive yeah and uplifting but I can imagine there would have been this sense of anxiety, whether that was, you know, subconsciously, mm. like, oh, maybe, maybe something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And to have that for 18 months mm. is a lot to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I feel like it, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I, I feel like how I feel and my emotions and how I was feeling, but I just can't even imagine how she would have felt then that it was happening to her and yeah. I think like, through it all her main um, you know concern was just not being able to watch my sister and I grow up and I feel like that just um, represents who she was as a mother and a person mm, just really like everything she did was for us yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah that's beautiful mm. I can imagine you're super grateful for having a mum yeah, loving. Yeah. Yeah, I just um. Yeah, I just wish I could still share stuff with her and um, just talk to her. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people take that for granted, just being able to talk, talk to your mum or just. Yeah. It's um, something like I would just give anything for, but I know it never happens. So. Yeah. Um. Now, in the the time following your mum's passing where you were using um, drugs and 
or party drugs and alcohol because you didn't want to be this burden to people you didn't want to be the the sad person that pushed their friends away after just having lost the most important person in your life did you go through a stage where you feel like you had depression or oh yeah and suicidal thoughts Mm, definitely i thought oh it's probably gonna sound fucked up but um oh sometime even like what three months ago i used to i'd be in iga shopping for diet soda for my vodka and i just thought oh well like i drink enough it's probably gonna be easier to kill myself because i'm not in a sober mind frame or i used to think when i was a bit more financially stressed like six months ago i used to think oh well, well if everything turns to shit i can just top myself so there is a way out like yeah. last resort but it's it's as if it was like a backup plan or some sort of reassurance for me like if everything turns to shit yeah. i can just well, i can just go like you know yeah and i think that's the problem once you do find yourself with those suicidal thoughts for the first time whether you act on them or not if you do make it through then there is that thought in the back of your mind oh hold on a second like if things do get bad i can just do this and it'll be over and that's i think that's a big problem with Mm. suicide at the moment that it is the it is the backup plan like Mm. you said yeah and we aren't being taught how to actually deal with with that so Mm. how do you feel you've coped with that depression or those suicidal thoughts because obviously now you know you seem a lot happier yeah you seem Um, like you've come through the other side yeah um thinking about that now i think oh god what was i thinking like i feel like i wake up i mean today yesterday i wake up and i'm happy like i'm happy i wake up i feel like i've got purpose i'm excited to get my videos done like i'm just like i give a shit about living now if that makes sense and that's only it's only been like this for like about a month yeah which is a weird thought but yeah um, that's probably something really powerful for someone listening to here as well yeah and like especially someone who's grieving the loss mm. of a loved one to yeah. know that even though you've lost someone they might be the most important person in your life at that point but that sooner or later if you work at it if you just keep living your life if you don't let depression and the suicidal thoughts take over and act on them that one day you will wake up and you will wake up happy with purpose like mm. you did yeah. yeah, I think I'm just, I've actually um, been writing down every day like three things or whatever things have made me happy or grateful for in wow. that day. I feel like that's helped. How I long feel, have you been doing that? Um, it's actually my partner Adam's idea. He heard it off a podcast or that's something. So cool. Yeah. Um, and then he said he was going to do it. So I was like, oh, I just secretly started doing it too. And actually it has really worked. I feel like that's who I used to be a lot of the time. I just appreciate all the simple little things in life that my mum did. And I think I lost that for a bit because I was so focused on this huge thing that had just happened. And then getting back into that headspace, just appreciating the little things and, um, you know, that I might even take for granted now that someone else might not have, you know, and then just little bit by little bit each day, I've become happier and just more grateful and positive. So, cool. yeah. And when are you doing that? Are you doing that when you wake up? Just when I remember, really, like okay. I might be like answering emails and halfway through, or oh, I'm just gonna do this, yeah, or end of the day, whenever, really, yeah. Mm. It's real powerful. Yeah. It's something that's sort of like through podcasting and through, I think, the five minute journal. 
when you do find gratefulness, I think the saying is uh, where energy flows, attention goes, something like that. Yeah. So if you are taking that time out to be grateful, to think about what in your life you should be happy for, then obviously you're taking away that negative energy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you just you're just filling your filling your day with positivity. Yeah. And it does does take a toll it does work its magic eventually just like you'd know from being in that state where you're depressed when you're depressed all you can think is what's going to happen what's going wrong mm, yeah and you know although you can spiral down doing that you can do exactly the opposite by being grateful mm. you know, and that's that's powerful that's yeah. something that i think a lot of people could use and that's something have you shared that no, I haven't. No, because I've only been doing to. it recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. It's um, it's something that could help a lot of people, especially yeah. if someone like you sees it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, I guess we are on recovery since we're talking about gratefulness and mm-hmm. you using that to help you to lift the mood, to be positive again, like, like you were for your mum mm-hmm. in her last days, and like your mum was for you throughout her whole life. I think you said you were using meditation. Can you explain a little bit about what your practice was and how you use it? Um, well, I've always been, like I said, really spiritual into like crystals and stuff like yeah. that. So I went and <laughs> bought a bunch from um, the Blue Buddha in Fremantle, the yep. big one there. Um, it's a really good store. Um, when I bought some from there and made like a grid, um, and then sort of just started using not guided meditation, just like the music on YouTube, whatever. Um, and just sort of, yeah, just zoning out in the grid. And I just feel like it bring me a lot of positive energy and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but like any sort of meditation, like guided or whatever, whatever floats your boat. And while you're doing this meditation, do you focus on anything at all? Um, when I first started doing it, I really tried to focus on like trying to contact my mum and getting all like, oh, you know, is she out there type thing. Okay. And then I sort of just started doing it more for myself, um, just um, asking, I guess, the universe to bring in positive energy and things that I wish, like, you know, that I needed help with and stuff like that. Yeah. And I honestly feel like it sort of worked. So, well, I feel like it worked. Yeah, yeah. not sort of. Yeah. yeah, I believe in all that stuff yeah. as well. So, so mm. it's pretty powerful. Just connecting and I think like you said when you were trying to use it to contact your mum I think you sort of break away from the whole point of meditating Mm. tapping into that energy the vibration the Mm. frequency I think I was just desperate to talk to just connect with her at that time I was trying anything and everything yeah (laughs) but yeah Yeah. I agree Mm -hmm. Um, no if you are just I guess using meditation to contact the universe and to ask for these things to be brought into your life. How long do your sessions go generally? Um, And what are the frequency like per week? I actually haven't done any meditation for maybe like a couple of weeks now, but when I was doing it, it just depends. Sometimes I do it for like three hours. I just love it. Well, wow. yeah. Um, and at the moly. time would just fly. Like you wouldn't even like. I was like, oh shit, it's been like three hours. Yeah. Um, other times like ten minutes in the morning. Yeah. Um, just find like a little bit each day. Or yeah, 
I kind of go through stages. Like I do it heaps, but it's not at all. So yeah, three hours. Just, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Mm. That's cool. And you feel like that's helped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's that break giving you that break from whatever negative thoughts you're having. Yeah. As well. Just clears clears my headspace and just feel fresh, refreshed, inspired. Cool. Yeah. Um. Now. I guess talking about opening up um, were you comfortable or have you been comfortable lately of opening up and talking about what you're feeling and uh, obviously talking about your mum to Adam and Crystal Mm -hmm. and the other people that are close to you yeah I mean I I don't talk about it as much as I did Um, I feel like I used to feel kind of guilty of even thinking or saying this, but I just just try to kind of shut it out for a while just so I can get on with my life. Um, I feel like um, all I used to just obsess over it, all I'd think about, um, which is hard not to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was just my, I just feel like ever since I've sort of um, not focused on it as much, I've been able to get on with my life um, and got to this stage where I'm actually living again. Um, which my mum would want. Yeah, um, of course. But every now and then, like, I'll just have a cry or bring Crystal and we'll cry together or, yeah, um, I'll talk about it. Like, I can be open and stuff about it. It's amazing. Um, they understand, so, yeah. And how long did it take you to get to that point from your mum passing? Because um, that's something that I think most people listening who are going through anything any type of struggling, any traumatic experience, mm. can't even imagine being comfortable to do to open up to a friend or a partner and just cry because they feel like it. Mm. Um, so um, it doesn't have to be exact. It can just be a rough estimation. I think straight away I obviously was just like hysterical about it all. Um, but then to just feel like I wasn't being judged or I wasn't being annoying or anything like that yeah. would probably be... Um, maybe like six months ago. Um, okay. Yeah, like I mean, I think it was more me feeling like I couldn't do that because I was scared of being like pushing people away. But they've always been really supportive yeah. and stuff. I think and, it was more internal. And looking back at that, knowing that maybe it was you that was scared of pushing people away, do you think if you would have opened up like you are now? from the get-go that you would have pushed those people away or do you think that they would have stuck around because they loved you enough and cared about you enough? Oh, I definitely think like, they've stuck around and they're still here now. I think I have lost a few friends, um, which I guess, like, you know, you find out who your real friends are when shit goes down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as long as I've got them, like, I'm happy, like, those in particular so yeah and I think that's important as well I think we've spoken about it on a few of the last episodes but when you do go through something and you need to grieve and you need to be open and you feel like you need to express yourself through crying or or talking about someone that you've lost it's important that you don't shut yourself off because you lose some of those friends or, or family that can't cope with it mm-hmm. because not everyone's built to cope with yeah. this sort of stress. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. It's just you have to understand that you are going to lose people along the way. Mm-hmm. But you're going to find out who the people are that you can trust, yeah. that you can rely on, and that are going to be a big part of your life. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you've got Adam and Crystal. Between yeah. You. Yeah. Super grateful. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on from that and going into getting back into the gym now mm. you said it was it's purely just for lifestyle now yeah yeah it's do not f- um yeah, it's not like a main focus like i don't i won't do like competitions or anything anymore people ask me still like, if i will every now and then but i'm like no it's just not my thing you know like yeah i've got new passions and Passion. new interests yeah do you feel like that's because you've found a purpose and a happy place with what doing with the videos and you've switched that perspective to yeah not worrying about your appearance yeah i think um yeah i just um i don't know like i've always obviously loved doing like film stuff and videography stuff from a young age i sort of like i've got my niche back for it now so it's um and it's my like my business and stuff now i've got to keep that going so yeah that's just my focus um at the moment and that's cool yeah now so yeah <laughs> awesome okay i guess we've covered a lot of the recovery the using gratefulness mm-hmm. whenever you find the time to whenever you remember was it three things that you're grateful for is it yeah just jotting down all oh, three things or five or however many but um yeah cool so using the gratefulness and obviously being able to open up to adam and crystal to be able to cry Mm-hmm. to be comfortable enough in yourself yeah. around those people to actually cry and grieve properly mm. um, not harboring that stress and using meditation um, using the crystals mm-hmm. going as long as three bloody hours <laughs> 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 um, just yeah. getting in touch with yourself and the universe mm-hmm. um, those are real powerful and I think those are probably things that anyone listening can use yes yeah, so I guess we'll move on to life now and what you feel like your quality of life is like at the moment. Obviously, it's going to be a little diminished because you've lost the biggest part of your life, but Mm. if you can, I guess, quantify what the quality of your life is like at the moment. It's good. I'm I'm happy. I feel like I can now is like, I feel like I can say I'm happy and not feel guilty for it. That, you know, I'm happy, but she's not here type of thing. Um, Yeah, I'm happy. I've got an amazing boyfriend. Um, I've got an amazing best friend. Got a little puppy. Um, I'm starting to go back into training again. I'm doing my businesses busy and doing my videography stuff. Um, I've just gotten the confidence up to accept the photo shoot stuff I've been doing. Um, You've seen. yeah like i just i feel good like i feel like i want to live again and i'm living again so it's good yeah that's cool (laughs) i'm happy for you thank you (laughs) um yes you did say you lost a few friends along the road Mm -hmm. along this process where you uh, learn how to cope with um and i guess process losing your mum Apart from having lost those friends, what have you added or removed to improve the quality of your life to a point where now you feel happy? Um, 
I don't really know, to be honest. Like, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've just sort of drifted. Like, it's not like I lost them on bad terms or anything. I've just sort of got a small circle now. Like, okay. um, I'm just so, like, busy, like, with work stuff and that anyway. Like, I just, yeah. So do you feel I like you're giving energy to the people that you feel reciprocate? Yeah. That, that love and energy? Yeah, like I feel like I've got all I need, really. Like I don't really, yeah, need anyone else. Like if someone else comes along, wants my friend, great. But like I don't need, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm content, like I'm satisfied. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like I've got all I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think you'd say that when you were um, grieving? No. Like right. I feel... Um, like I, I feel like I wish my mum was still here and stuff, but I mean, there's, there's no way that I can get her back. So for now, I feel like I've got all I need for my, my, um, this chapter of my life going forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And do you mm. think she'd be proud of you? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'd be proud of the way you handled that last two weeks. Yes. being as strong as you were mm, obviously right. flipping roles and mm-hmm. you know I guess she gave you purpose in those two weeks yeah you lived mm. you pretty much lived for her yes so that's beautiful and I think she would have been not just grateful for it but proud of you yeah for being mm. you know, strong yeah definitely um what I guess looking back now everything you've been through with your mum mm-hmm. to a point where you now feel like you have everything that you need in life to a point where you feel happy what would be the biggest lessons that you could take away or that you could highlight for people listening um, just never take anything or anyone for granted um, life is too short and yeah, just um, appreciate what you have um, before it's too late. Mm. Yeah. That's powerful. I think I want to tack on to the end of that, being able to find that little circle, that circle that you have now, mm-hmm. where that love and energy is reciprocal, where you can you know, confidently open up to them and be yourself and grieve with those people because being able to grieve is you know natural and if you do hold that in you're going to cause yourself stress and you are you know essentially going to spiral yeah which i'm grateful that you have those people Mm, definitely yeah okay and yes moving on now to what your mission is you've touched on the fact that you do have this business Mm -hmm. um filmmaking you want to give us a rundown on what it is that you do with um, so I'm just a freelance videographer um, and I'm self-taught as well. Um, YouTube? No, just hands-on kind really? of and just over the years different trial and error. Bits, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so ideally I wanted to um, like film directing and stuff like that like later down the track um, yeah. but at the moment I just do videography so like brand and business videography um, obviously people could have seen a bit of my 
um, like women like girl video shoots and stuff like that. Um, a few of them have gone viral, which is cool. Um, Those are a bit risque as well. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but pop they're popular, so yeah. that's good. Um, yeah, so just doing that. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think we were talking a bit before as well, you did some work with Callum Bunwaga. Yes, I filmed Callum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah. He's probably one of the funniest bodybuilders yes. that I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's cool that you're, you know, you found something that makes you happy and not only does it make you happy, but you're putting feet, uh, the right feet in front of each other to actually take steps towards, you know, reaching those higher level people to, towards reaching your goal, which mm -hmm. is to you know, move towards that film directing. Yeah. Obviously, Cullum having filmed this movie that's going to be, where he's going to be portraying Arnold, mm. just putting yourself in that position and you being in this mind frame where you are happy, you're putting yourself in a position to connect with these people that can eventually get you to that, you know, space where you are film directing. So, mm -hmm. If you aren't already, I think you need to be proud of what you're doing and the direction you're taking. Thank you, yeah. Um, now, what... Okay. I guess having been through what you have, the bullying, the divorce, and the passing of your mum, it's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but how could you see yourself helping others who are dealing with similar situations apart from obviously sharing your story with, with the podcast which is huge and massively important um, I mean I'm always open to um, talking to people privately as well like some people have messaged me and stuff like that yeah. um, I feel that I actually reached out to another girl in Perth when her mum passed She's my age. I just saw her, you know, doing, I guess, well. Um, and I just, I reached out to her and she um, got back to me. Um, and just knowing that, like, someone is going through the same thing, like, you just don't want to feel alone, like, yeah. relatable, you know what I mean? Um, I guess there's a lot I haven't said today as well of, like, the really hard stuff I went through that probably a lot of other young people and whoever really go through. Um, there's just so much to it, like, that people would be able to, I guess, relate to that are maybe going through the same thing. Okay. So I'm happy to, um, you know, talk to people, yeah. give my time to, to them, um, help them. Okay. Mm. And if those people do feel compelled to reach out, whether they resonate with your story or whether they want to, you know, seek advice from, from you, whether it's to do with mental health or with your business, mm. should I put your jade nish media page in the show notes yeah you can so do can yeah. Contact yeah. You. Okay. yeah otherwise yeah. it's always my personal instagram and facebook okay. and stuff too that people contact cool. me on so yeah. would you rather me link them to that or um either or okay. it's all good all yeah. of them i'll get it either way so <laughs> all yeah. <of> them. yeah <laughs> no that's cool and that's i think that's a big part of being someone who can not only influence but have an impact as well mm. the fact that you've been through what you have that you have this platform and that you're willing to be open to people reaching out to you. Yeah. 
you you never know who you can help and exactly you know this girl that you reached out to i can only imagine she's grateful to have someone to talk to that actually understands what she's going through because mm. obviously while you were looking after your mum in those two weeks you felt like you're isolated and alone so in a way you're nullifying for her what you went through yeah yeah mm. which is beautiful man you know you, you really need to be acknowledged for that thank you okay um two more questions mm-hmm. if if you had a chance to put a message on a billboard that was going to be seen by tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people every day, um, I guess relating to going through what you have been through, mm-hmm. what would it say? Hmm. <laughs> put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> It's like your time. (laughs) It doesn't need Um, to be perfect. I don't really never give up. That's probably just a pretty basic one, isn't it? Everyone's going to say that. Let whoever think whatever, maybe. Yeah. I guess that, that, um, I use that a lot on like all my pictures and stuff because I feel like that means a lot for all different things I've gone through in different ways. So, what was that again? Um, Let whoever think whatever. Yeah. That's actually quite cool. Because I feel like it goes for my grieving as well. Like, I guess I've had people say, I did make comments, not name her, but like people did make comments, I guess, on the way of grieving when it's like, well, that's just my way. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, that's odd for someone who who hasn't gone through what you've been through to tell you. Exactly. So, stuff like that, I guess, to explain why. Yeah. And then obviously the bullying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And especially what you're doing now with that photo shoot that you've done. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that's yeah. hard to have those out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not really. Yeah. But not anymore <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, no. the, with the mindset you have now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And um, last one. Looking back at what your mum has done for you, mm-hmm. the person she was for you, if you had the chance to speak to your mum, one last time is there anything you'd want to say to her um there's a lot i'd want to say to her but <laughs> i just think short and sweet um i would just tell her that you know thank you and i love you and you know as, as much as i know she'd be proud of me i'm proud of her because that's just how brave she was and you know just everything that she had she did in that process um, to make it easier on us afterwards, everything she set up and just, yeah, just thank you and just that I love her more than anything. Still, yeah, obviously. It's mm. powerful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, to wrap up, I really need to acknowledge you for even being open to coming here and sharing this. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the first time you've shared it, something like this? publicly yeah. apart from your facebook post yeah the, po- the posts are more i guess just acknowledgement of mum 
more so than the nitty gritty. So yeah, yeah this is the well, first one. Yeah, I need to acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day and to having the courage to coming and opening up someone you haven't met, um, mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be open to that connection, to actually open up because down the line you are going to encourage people to you know, look at themselves and look at the way they grieve to find their circle and to you know, allow themselves to be in a space where they can cry, where they can break down, where they can release that stress of having lost someone that means the world to them. Yeah. So thank you for that. And also being, I, I keep saying it, but an influencer of some sorts here in Perth in that bodybuilding fitness scene and having the guts to risk how people view you to share something like this is really powerful. And you just need to be acknowledged for all of that um, as well as what you are doing with your life, the direction you're taking. And yeah, I, again, I think your mum would be super, super proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. Good. You're amazing. Ooh. One more quick message. Like I've said before, Open Up is hosting a five person panel at the Positive Life Expo here in Perth on the 18th of August 2018. Now, tickets are absolutely free. Last year they weren't. This year they are, so, you know, big shout out to Narita Omar for making that a free event because it is very much holistic and it's all about well-being and allowing yourself to connect with people who are going to let you or enable you to live the best life possible, the most positive life possible. And that's why it is the Positive Life Expo. If you want to come down and check out the five speakers that are speaking on the Open Up podcast panel, feel free to come down. I'll link where you can get the tickets in the show notes. Um, otherwise, it should be on the, the posts we do on Facebook. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoy it.